This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Bez, what do you love? Well, John, it's a new sponsor and I'm loving it. For me... Double quarter pound a meal. What are you having? Oh, it's got got to be the chicken nugget share box. To myself, there's no sharing. But well, to myself, that goes without saying. But what yeah. dip? Oh, barbecue. It's a barbecue dip. Yeah. But where can people get it? So yeah, where can you get it? You can order via the McDonald's app. Um, it's via participating restaurants only. Eighteen plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. So see mcdonalds.com for full details. There's a team that we all love, playing out of person town. They've had a few promotions, but always end up going down. Play up, play up, for fail. 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 Welcome to the Ireland Vale podcast. It's Saturday the 30th of September. We're heading into October tomorrow. It's getting autumnal out there. And the Vale have played Bolton today. And what I thought was a very entertaining game. We lost 1-0. We'll get into that in a minute. But first of all, Johnny, some news from Super Vale Abroad. Yeah, um, Super Vale Abroad have released their their 23-24 initiative. Um, they raised over £5,000 since, since the inception of it. And they've been providing young valiants with season tickets, junior valiant memberships, match day experiences, pack, mascot packages, as well as activity packs to local children during COVID. Um, basically, what they're asking anyone who can and wants to, and you don't have to be Vale abroad for this. You could be Vale and Bradley, Vale and Burslem, Vale and Smallthorne, Vale on the South Coast, whatever you want to be. But, even Vale um, and Roaster. Even Vale and Roaster. Um, probably not their year because like ten pa- ten ten pounds doesn't get you much with the farmers. Uh-huh. So that's it. But anyone who donates ten pounds and multiples thereafter um, towards the Supervale Away initiative, going to a prize draw to win one of three fabulous prizes, kindly donated by the Vale Foundation. So a signed home shirt, two two hospitality tickets for a home game. Um, if it's an international winner, the prize can be redeemed for when they're in the country. So it's not like we're going to sit, they're going to turn around and say, it's for this game, tough shit if you can't make it. And then third prize is a mascot package for a PBFC home game. And again, it can be redeemed when they're in the country. Um, so £10 is one entry, £20 is two and so on. And it's open to everyone, like we say. Um, anyone that wants to can do so securely via the PayPal, which is on the Supervale Broad website. 
and we'll tweet that out. Um, cut-off date is the 31st of December, and the prizes will be drawn out. The Hat at Vale's um, first International Fans Day event, which is Portsmouth home game on the 27th of January 2024. So, cheers for Paddy for sending that out to us. Um, and like we say, it's it's a great initiative. They do a lot for the, the kids of the local area, even though the obviously the Super Vale abroad guys and girls aren't in the country. Um, and so it just gives gives everyone a chance just to give a little back on top of what the majority of people already do anyway. Yeah, fantastic. Sorry that we couldn't play the voice note because we just couldn't get it work, but that's all the details. So if you can help out, get yourselves over there, support the club, support Super Vale abroad and support the local community. Really great course. And moving on from that, we've got a special guest tonight. Welcome back, Mike Bagley. Thanks very much, Buzz. Yeah, and thanks for thanks for inviting me on again. It's uh, thanks only a few months since it was since it was sort of yeah. saying me goodbye. And, yeah, you were going to have the me season. on then as well. So yes, I uh, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I'm I'm back. <laughs> hey, don't be sorry. We're glad to have you back. The coverage while you've been gone has been dog shit, shall we say? I, 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 I think that's unfair. I think you can't call something there isn't existent dog shit. True, true. Right. Yeah, non, and, non-existent. And then, yeah, we, we we get some of the reasons why we we understand that the the stuffs the stuffs based on popularity and whatnot, and it's expensive to have someone direct. So um, we're just glad to have you back, Mike. Yeah, we are. And tell us what's happening now. Are you back? Tell us about the newsletter, which we've already uh, signed up to. Oh, that's very, yeah, well, that's very good of you. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> so yeah, I've. Um, I've been offered. I was offered the job. I was enjoying covering wolves, but I was offered the job to come back and run what's a new a new project really for the company. So uh, the idea is that it's um, a newsletter that will be d- emailed direct to people three times a week, uh, four times a week. If there's a midweek game, um, and the first one's tomorrow morning, um, covering. Well, tomorrow's we'll be looking back at the game, but with also stories through the week and a few other other bits and bobs. Um, and it's as I said, it's a new way of doing it. Um, the opening. Uh, the introductory offer for the first year is £10 a year, um, which I think is pretty reasonable. I appreciate it's still £10 that people can spend on other things, though, so I'm certainly not taking that for granted. But I'm hoping, uh, you know, more more and more people do take up, uh, take it up, see what they think, you know. And uh, as I said, see if they like it. Uh, from my point of view, it means that I get back to covering the veil. And uh, when I was covering veil before, I was having to do it as one of, one of three or four clubs. So it was, it was very difficult to give the job. The, the justice I felt he deserved really. Um, whereas I can now, that was part of the agreement um, that I can just come and work exclusively on Vale. Um, and that'll be just just for this newsletter really, maybe with the odd exception, but but usually for the newsletter. So um, my colleague Clive Yulton, who's been covering for the Vale, uh, sorry, covering Vale for the Sentinel, he'll continue in the paper, uh, but he has three or four different clubs to cover. So it's a really difficult job for him, as, as I know, because I had to do that before. Um, so he he does a really good job, but it's just it's just difficult when you're not just covering one club. So hopefully, um, I appreciate this is a bit new, and supporters might say, "Well, I don't really want to pay for coverage that previously you know had been available 12 months ago online." But the flip side is, I think the coverage will be better. It will be better than when I was doing it before because I've got more time to do it. It doesn't have adverts. And um, I'm confident that makes a really good product. So, you know, if I, if people do want to sign up, then I'm determined, to, you know, to make sure they get the money's worth. Yeah, and how do they sign up, Mike? Good question. Yeah, if, if um, there's a story on our website, 
I apologise for the adverts in advance. I've just mentioned them. But there's a story on our website all about it. And if you follow that, there's a link in there which takes you uh, to the intro introductory offer and you can then sign up for £10 for the first year. Alternatively, you can just Google um, <clears throat> the newsletter's name, which is The Valiant, on Substack, which is the platform we're using. Uh, but I think the, the easiest way is to go through the, uh, the story on our website and the, uh, the introductory offer is definitely on there. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to go into figures, but I know we are really pleased with the amount. It was only launched on Thursday night, but we're really pleased with the amount that have um, signed up already. So, yeah, really encouraged by the start. I appreciate no, nobody's ready yet, though. So the, <laughs> the pressure yeah. is to make sure it's a good one. And sure it will be. And I know I worked out and put it on Facebook that on a three-week newsletter a month, so without midweek games, it works out at 6p a newsletter. So for 10 quid, get yourself signed up. For the first year, it's six pence a newsletter. And I'm sure, Mike, you'll have stuff in there that, as you say, more in-depth than what you could have done in the centre because you would unveil solely. And will you be able to get into the club a bit more and do some articles with people in the club? And yeah, the, the club have been really, um, really welcoming, actually. So, I mean, should make clear this isn't this isn't being the club don't sort of have a stake in this. So this is a, the, the Sentinel, the Sentinel's company doing this. But Vale have been really encouraging um, about wanting us to do it, really. So the way Vale put it was that obviously they've got their own website, which is great. You know, the content on that is brilliant. They're, they've been nominated for award, actually, haven't they, for their content? Yeah. But there's things that Vale's website can't do, really, such as go to supporters club meetings if the things that's critical of the club you can't expect the club to cover that themselves you know that wouldn't that wouldn't be right whereas that's something that i've i've always done traditionally i can i can do yeah. that properly you know cover supporters concerns take them up with the club things like that as well as all the features and the club are really open to letting me come down and, and speak to people and do interviews that aren't just what you see um on youtube you know in the press conference every thursday afternoon yeah brilliant looking forward to you. the first two we've got for you then First one is the paddock toilets and what time frame, etc. That's not me having to go at the club because I appreciate something's happened. There's been a leakage at the toilets. The roof's come in and it's going to take time to fix, which is fine. We get that. Not arguing, but what time frame are we looking at? What cost okay. are we looking at? Is it another one's Billy Bell's clock? Because I keep getting asked about it because I keep bringing it up. And I have, I have had an update. But you can get a proper update. And they have given yeah, me a couple of updates. I remember you asking about Billy Bell's clock a while ago. I think yeah. the old stadium manager, Steve Brown, was, was sort of giving some information about that. Yes. wasn't at the time. So, yeah, that's obviously been going on for a while. Yeah, so I'll, I'll ask about those two things. Yeah. I have got a lot of information, so just don't know how much I can say on air. So okay. you can okay. ask. You know what you can write and what you can't. <laughs> right. Well, this sounds intriguing. Well, I'll look forward to finding out the, uh, what the mystery is behind the clock then. Okay. It is coming back and it should be fairly soon, but there's a story okay. behind it and yeah, you'll get there. I've but got right. a, before we move on, I've got a question for you, Mike. Um, mm -hmm. are, are you looking at bringing in, do you know, like the old Friday column in the Sentinel with, with Popey and, and stuff yeah. like that, are you bringing something like that in and next player involved? Because I, I used to really enjoy the, their perspective on things. Do you know, that's a really good question. We, we, we're open to ideas, really, because it's all really new. So the first one's, um, as I said, the first one's tomorrow. And one of the things I'm, I'm going to be asking people who've subscribed is what they want, really, what they want more of, what they want less of, what they think works and what they, don't, what they think doesn't. So, you know, player column's a really good idea. Um, I mean, I, I used to love speaking to Popey every week. He was, um, he was brilliant just because he's such a... I mean, I really like him anyway, but he's such an education for me because... Um, Obviously, he knows the game and the route he's taken through uh, playing for Vale for so long, but just 
just he knows so much about being a striker. Beat you know, starting off in a playing for his pub team. Obviously, still a very good player in that. But then taking that through to being a, you know, getting his chance at Crew, playing for Biddle for Vex Crew, you know, and so on, and then coming through at Vale and playing at a really high level. So yeah, I'll I love speaking to him anyway. Yeah, so it was a, that was a good excuse for me. Yeah, well, that's and if if I'm if I'm suggesting players, I think Tom Petter be a good one. He speaks very well on mm. streams and stuff like that. And I think it's um, while while he's not got a club, give him something to do. Yeah. Although I'm do amazed you think... he's not got a club, you know. Yeah, he's a free agent. Do we think he'll be following following Daryl down to Chelsea? I was going to say, going to say yeah, I'd, I'd probably I'd probably tap him up um, this week because he's probably going to have a club next week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder yeah. if he will. Yeah, that that's that's an interesting one. Obviously, Clark, Clark was announced um, since we recorded on Friday. So good luck, Daryl. Hopefully, everything's now s- sorted with with him and and whatnot, and he goes on to the, do a smashing job, except on the twenty eighth. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think we speak for every Vale fan where we say there's such an affinity with Clarky, and he's going to get a really, oh god, a really warm welcome back at Vale Park, isn't he? So just conceded on FIFA, Johnny. Uh, I, yeah, I was, um, I, I was, I went one on one, and I couldn't, I couldn't concentrate on two things at once. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the Vale strike force. Oh. Well, that's... We'll get into it. We'll get into it. So let's before we get into today's game, shout out to Leek Town on their win in the FA qualifying against South Shields. I watched most of it on BBC. Good win for them, real good win in there. Are they one game away from the first round now, if I heard? Yeah, the one game away. So so the big big boys come in next in terms of the actual national league clubs. So yeah. I was talking I was talking to Goodwin about this today. Like do, what would you what would you prefer at this stage? Would you prefer getting a Chesterfield, for example, away? Mm. Or get to the first round? Get to the first round if you leaked out. Well, imagine if you got to the first round and like this uh, I'm but got but got Crawley or something like that. Still a is big that, game for them, isn't it? For them it is, yeah, but is it a big game as it would be? If they played in front of a Chesterfield that's going to be pretty much sold out. It's a similar I, question, isn't it? To, do you want Mansfield in the next round of the cup, or do you want? Yeah, do you know what I mean. It's that sort of question, isn't it? It is, and I think I think I think the only the only answer is let's see if we win it, isn't it? Really? Yeah, because a good draw if we win it, but if we lose, it, it's it's you would have preferred to lose to a bigger club, wouldn't you? Yeah, of course you would. Mark, your thoughts. Well, I was just thinking the Mansfield game. I'm in this, I was listening to your last podcast, and you, you're away, aren't you, Johnny, that week? I think. Yeah, so I'm in, got mixed feelings right. about the draw. I, I'm in the same situation actually because it's, it's half term week, and, uh, and my wife's a teacher, and I thought, well, I'm safe. Just go away Monday to Friday, you know, so it's a holiday. And then, like, um, yeah, unbelievable. We make the fourth round of the cup for what the second time in history, you know, that year. So, uh, yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to work my way, way, uh, way around that somehow. I, I did break, I did break the news too before the uh, before the draw was made, but. I think I might be able to get around it anyway, but we'll see. Yeah, because there's no eye followers, unless because it's the round of 16, whether every game will be on a foreign channel. And you might Absolutely. be able to get it through yeah. some illegal yeah. method. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, obviously, <laughs> my holiday range is not as important as what, you know, what Vale do in the, uh, the last 16. I appreciate that. Yeah. But I don't think it's a bad draw for Vale, actually. I think, I think given the choice, they'd have taken you know, Liverpool or Manchester United, obviously, you know, if you get the chance. But... 
Mansfield at home would have been better, but yeah, yeah. it's a winnable it's a winnable game. But I appreciate Mansfield will be thinking exactly the same. Yeah, I think you, can, you can only guarantee home draws if you're Man United, can't you? Well, let's, let's not go there. Well, uh, see, see, for, for me, I, I think it's better to have Mansfield than it is to get someone like Ipswich or Blackburn yeah. or someone like that, where you're probably going to get tanked because they're in they're in form, and you're not going to you're not going to get the benefit of the TV side of it. So mm. I prefer Mansfield, and then, like, say, give ourselves the chance. We could we obviously could lose, um, but. I'm hoping that I'm hoping that that doesn't happen, and there's a a good fourth round draw. Yeah, uh, and also it's, it's only an hour or so away as well, isn't it? So I think yeah. be, I'm sure there'll be a good following there as well. So it's, on its own, it's, in its own right, it's going to be a good night, you know, regardless of um, you know what happens in the next round and who goes through. No, agreeing. And people are going to want them loyalty points for when we're in Europe next season after we've won the Carabao Cup. So. Yeah. That's- you're not, but you're not getting carried away. But I'm not are. getting carried away. Will the newsletter follow us around Europe, Baggers? <laughs> I was, I forget who it was. Somebody was telling me that they'd worked out, uh, you know, if we if we did win the Carabao Cup, it would be Europe. And and then they thought, if, but even if we run us up to somebody who qualifies anyway, we'd still get in Europe. And then I was having to explain, no, you don't get there. There's runners up anymore, you know, runners up in the FA Cup. And uh, I think we sort of both had to stop ourselves and think, uh, you know, we're talking about when. <laughs> The technicalities of how Vale can get in Europe, you know, so uh, there's a few bridges to cross yet first. Just one or two, but who knows? We're only, what, one, two, five games away with the semi-final being over two legs. Four rounds away, who knows? Stranger things have happened now, I don't think they have. But let's get on to today's game. Let's get on to today. So we finished Vale nil, Bolton won. Bolton's goal come in the 43rd minute through Dion Charles. Little shit house, but good. Is that late first half? Yeah, forty three. It was right late. Yeah. Oh. yeah. It's a shame because I was thinking, hold on till half time, and then we can come and have a go second half, which we did. We'll get into it very much a game with two halves for me. Uh, mm. Possession stats, which I think if you'd have said this after the first half, you'd have been shot. But they landed with forty eight percent possession to Bolton's fifty three, according to Sky, and I do appreciate that's hundred and one percent. Total shots fifteen for Vale, thirteen for Bolton. On target, six for Vale, five for Bolton. Um, clear-cut chances, just the one, and that went Bolton's way. Corners, eight for Vale, five for Bolton. Offsides, none for Vale, three for Bolton that were actually given. I don't know how many times they were actually offside, but only three were given. So, yeah, the stats actually say a very even game with Vale having more chances. Well, there's something there is interesting. Go on. Apparently, we had, we, we, we had 16 free kicks. I, I found that quite interesting because I, I felt like in the second half it was very stop-start. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting because I felt we're going on to ref watch. I thought he may as well have had a Bolton shirt on for most of the game. Yeah, it wasn't. The, the, official, the officials team again weren't brilliant. I think like it, what, what irritated me was in the first half, for example, and this shows just how bad they were in general, Conor Grant fouled their man. Their man shook him off was offside. The liner didn't give it, give it, give it either or. Just was like, oh well, it's it give, then gives a corner, and it's just like then they should have had a corner that the liner gives a goal kick because the lad was offside, and it's it was it was just stuff like that that was just really, really inconsistent, uh, yeah. and that that's what's starting to grate on me a bit at the minute is that they all seem to be just really bad. Yeah. Shall we do refs watch now as we're getting yeah, into it? Shall we get it done? Up, 
So refs watch two out of ten dog shit. Um, Mike, you probably can't put that in your newsletter. But yeah, dog shit. Um, for me, as I say, may as well have had a Bolton shirt on. The inconsistencies, as you say, Johnny, baffled me. In the first half, there was one where Will Forrester and Ben Garrity were at it. And Forrester ended up knocking Garrity for, to the floor. And for me, it wasn't a foul and the ref didn't give a foul. So I've got no issue with that. But then 30 seconds later, James Wilson goes shoulder to shoulder with their man, comes away with the ball and he gives a free kick. And it was pretty much the same incident. But he's given no foul for Vale and he's given a foul for Bolton. That really yeah. baffled me. And I think, like you, you, you said, you, we were talking about it the other week, weren't we, about the shoulder barge sort yeah. of thing. If it's a barge by Wilson, then it's a foul, but it wasn't. Yes, no one should lead. Yeah, and that's it. I think that's the difference, isn't it? And it, it was just what what irritates me, and I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna keep saying this because it, it irritates me massively. The liners need to be given the power to flag again. Yeah, it seems like that's stopped, and I don't know why. Like because sometimes. If the liner just flagged, regardless if you think it's right or wrong, you know he's doing his job. But like, yeah. there, was a, there was a foul that was given in the first half, right in front of the liner, and the liner just didn't didn't react at all, as if like he was happy, like if he was going to be happy with it. But the ref gave the free kick, mm. and that that just for me that just makes the liner's job a million times harder because he's going to get people on his back if he's. Yeah. If, if, why don't they flag them, guys? I mean, obviously, you'll, you'll know this. Is it, is it so they don't put pressure on the ref in front of the crowd? Obviously? Yeah, and because they're mic'd up, so they'll be talking, they'll be saying, yeah, I think that's a foul, but then it's the ref's ultimate decision. Whereas, actually, for the people in the crowd, you want to see that the liner's doing his job. And there was an incident in the second half where Ben Garrity got fouled in front of the liner, in front of the paddock, and the ref blew and gave the foul, and Ben shouted over to the liner and went, have you give that? And the liner went, yes, and Ben gave him the thumbs up. So the liner is getting involved, but because they're mic'd up, they're not doing signals, okay. which is wrong for me. But they are told to do that. They're not necessarily doing anything wrong. They're doing as they're told. But it doesn't help the spectators that are there in person. They're looking for the liner to give something. And so, yeah, yeah, and that's the thing that really irritates me is that, like, it feels like they're making their own job harder. Yeah. But, like, because if you saw him give a free kick, no, no one have bat an eyelid about it. Right, he's doing his job. But when it's right in front of him, you just feel like, what's the point in you being here? Agree. And it's kind of because the FA is saying to the refs, it's your ultimate call. Just because the liner says it's a foul, if you think it isn't, you can overrule them. And when the liner does flag, like we saw at Charlton away when he gave the penalty against Conor Ripley, that was never a penalty. The ref's got to give it then because if he doesn't, it's putting more pressure on the liner. So I can see kind of both sides of it, whereas the liner going, that's a foul. And the ref goes, no, actually, from I can see clearly from my angle, he hasn't touched him. So it works both ways. But for me, I would much prefer the flag so people in the crowd know that the liner's given it. Yeah. So there's that. Other things with the referee and the build up to their goal, Ojo, there was five players around him. He ended up on the floor. Some people are saying it was a foul. For me, I'll be honest, I don't think it was. However, we're talking about consistency. He was giving them fouls to Bolton. But then it come for Vale and he didn't give it. And if that had been the other way, he'd already given some the other way. But he wasn't giving it Vale. So, no, I don't think it was a foul, being honest with you. But consistency, either you're not giving them or you are giving them. You can't just give them from one side. And then the one that really baffled me, and I just can't get my head around it, is second half in front of Lawn Street. I think Arblaster got fouled, but he played the advantage. It went down near the corner flag and then someone else got fouled. And yeah. he then pulled it back and gave the original foul. 
Yeah. Now, you that, play the advantage. The second foul is then the foul. If he's, there's no advantage and he's saying the second one wasn't a foul, it was a good tackle, but actually he hasn't gained an advantage, then yes, you pull it back to the first one. But the second one was a foul and it was a yellow card offence. And I think, for me, he shit out of it because he knew he'd have to book the player if he gave the second foul. And I'm not sure if it's one that was already on a booking owner. Um, also in the ref's defence, <clears throat> excuse me, there was an incident I remember in front of the in front of the railway, got the strike where one of their players went down. It's one of them where you just assume that the ref's going to give a foul stop play. And to be fair to him, he, he played on didn't he, as their he player did. went down there. Their supporters are screaming for him to stop it, and he let them carry on with, with the attack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I think... I, I couldn't, from where I was, I couldn't see whether it was a foul or not. But the ref had a better view, and it, yeah. it does take a bit of bottle for a ref in that situation to say you know, play on, you know, when there's a player on the ground yeah. like that. It does, and because he was holding his head, because basically he ran yeah. into Rojo and then was claiming he got fouled. Well, to be fair, the best thing to think about that, I think it was a foul. I think if you if if you saw it, it was actually Conor Granty. Conor Grant just stops, oh. puts his body, put, moves his body into him. I think it, I think that was a foul, and that, that's what baffled me about it. Like, that. I was really, like, confused about why that wasn't given because of where it was. And the only thing I could think of is whether Conor Grant's technically just stopped and the, the ref's gone, well, he hasn't moved towards him. i tell you why I don't think he's given it, because it was Dion Charles who'd been diving all game and he went, you know what, he's at it again, I've had enough of him. That's why well, I think he hasn't given it. Possibly, but then if that was the case, he would have booked their keeper But. Well, that's another one. How their goal they got away without a booking is beyond me. And at one point, I counted, he had the ball in his hands for nearly 30 seconds before they released it. And the ref just shouted, come on, that was it. Yeah. And what whilst, whilst I'm thinking about it, Mike, this, this is another one maybe for um, when, you, when you speak to the club and stuff, but could you ask him why the laws of the game have, have changed all the way through the season? Like, I'm just about couple- time wasting. Yeah, well, about about the time wasting, yeah, and the kicking the ball away, and the mm-hmm. the like. Their 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 lad gave a foul away, screamed at the liner, and then the ref just had a, had a little nice little word with him and just give him a tap. And I don't get why we set a precedent, and I don't agree with the precedent at the start of the season. I think twelve minutes in each half was is far too much, but I think it would have naturally settled down. But the players now know they're back into it. I think that second half would have had five five minutes last season. Yeah. Right. And you've just led me nicely onto my last point with the referee. Is that we're now told this season added time includes substitutions, and it's the full time of the substitution. He added five minutes on. Bolton made at least one sub, maybe two in added time, but at least one that took over a minute. And he blew on the 95th minute. Well, Will Forrester was down for five minutes, getting, getting treatment for potential concussion. Yeah, he was. And that's I'm not that's obviously that's not a dig at Will because their keeper twatted him and I reckon that hurts. But he was down for a good five minutes. So yeah. I just it, it's just, it's just, it's frustrating. When you look in the second half, that there was one, two, three, four, four separate sub instances. One of them four was our two, and there was three yellow cards. So yeah. That, that that straight away to me says you're looking about four minutes there without even taking into consideration anything else. Yeah, and it was the next minute Steve on the podcast a couple of episodes ago was saying about this how, how referees had really been, uh, you know, brought this initiative at the start of the season, and I I thought it was great as well. And there was pushback from 
managers and players. But I thought as well, yeah, it would settle down when you just get on with the game and then naturally the injury time or the stoppage time rather will, will come down. But watching today's game, it was more like a, a game from last season, wasn't it really? You wouldn't think this the new initiative have come in. I mean, I don't think Bolton were like the worst team for time wasting in the second half of the season. It wasn't like, um, was it Accrington who came Accrington in last year? Last you know, and it's yeah. just a, as a spectacle, it was a complete waste of time. But I can, And I can understand why, you know, managers' jobs to do what they can to win the game. And so you can understand for managers why they were time wasting. This isn't a dig at other teams, you know. We've all seen Vale play away, haven't we, at times where the goalie go down midway through the second half, pretty much the same point. You know, in every game, you know, a bit of a coaching session and a, and a drink, and it's a kill time if we were ahead in the game. So it's not like a, a party's on point, really. But if, but if it's been applied fairly to both sides, then I think clubs clubs would accept it, and I think the game as a whole would improve. But yeah, and it's to be re- it's to be a real shame having made an effort to bring it in the start of the season if things just start to slide back out how they were. Agreed, because I think it's excellent that he started it, and I was calling for it all last season on this pod. But there was also one you've just reminded me in the game where Vale won a free kick on the halfway line, and a Bolton lad stood on the free kick, so Funzo ended up twatting it at him, and the ref yeah. just said no. Now, if Funzo would have just put the ball down and twatted it at him without giving him chance to retreat, I'd have said no, that's not a yellow card, common sense. But he actually stood on the free kick for about five seconds without moving before Funzo did that for me. Well, didn't the ref indicate he hadn't taken it from the right position? So does that negate... That's just to get out of jail free. That's because he didn't want booking. Oh, is that... that... That's what a ref will say. And I've done it in all fairness. That's what a ref will say when they think, oh, Christ, uh, I don't really want booking me. They'll say, no, you were five yards out of position. That's what he's done there. Is this something that's been applied, you know, at um, at sort of junior levels? You know, Sunday morning stuff like that, Bez. I mean, is that is that being brought in that people accepting, or is it, was it causing more issues? Truthfully, every game I've done, it's been fine because I've had a word with both sets of players before kickoff, and I've mm-hmm. just said to them, "Look, these are the directors that have come in. I'll use my common sense where I can. However, if you're time wasting kicking the ball away, pick the ball up and walk away. Which I'm going to put you in the book. So just don't do it, and it's been fine. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I suppose that's up to the referee how strict they are on it. But yeah, I I haven't had to book. Anyone for it yet? Okay. But I have told players before kickoff, this is how I'm refing the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been good. Although talking about refing, I did have a. I don't know if I said on the pod on Sunday. Did we do the pod on Sunday last week? We did, didn't we? Yeah. You know, if I said I had a weird one at the weekend refing a game, I gave a penalty, and it was yeah. a Stonewall penalty, and the lad took the penalty, he hit the post, come back to him, and he then scored, and he ran off celebrating. So I blew, disallowed it indirect free kick the other way. Yeah. It's like, what you disallowed it for, ref? I says, you've kicked the ball twice without anyone else touching it. He says, but it's come back off the post. I says, yeah, the post, not the keeper. If the keeper pushes it out to you, then yes, it's a goal. But actually, you're the only player that's kicked it between you kicking it and you kicking it again or touched it. So therefore, it's an indirect free kick because you've kicked the ball twice. And was like, oh, didn't know that. And fair enough, they didn't argue or anything. But yeah. There That's a weird one I had on Sunday. And I said to him, I said, look, it'll probably never happen again if you're playing for another 20 years. But it's just yeah. happened on this one. But let's get into the game then. So well, we've just, done just, the stats. Just, just one last thing on, on not the referee as such, but about the new directives. I feel it's going to be really harsh on these lads that have, that may get a ban now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's players that are going to get banned for the fifth yellow card earlier in the season than they probably would have done. Because the refs decided at the start of the season, this is this is the way we're, we're refereeing, and now we've changed their mind again. 
And it just is so frustrating. And it just, it feels to me like they've got no support to these decisions. And whoever, whoever it is has gone, do you know what? We, we, we're going to, we're going to change. We're going to change the laws again because Pep and Klopp have moaned that the the play that there's too much football being played rather than rolling around and dicking about. Yeah, now I'm with you. It'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. But Johnny, your thoughts before kickoff were with Chizzy rubbing his hamstring after Tuesday's best to rest him. Good eleven. Plant at right wing back will be interesting to see as it should be more natural. Kofi needs a big game as Bolton have a good front two. Yeah. What are your thoughts yeah. at full time and Mark's for Crosby and the coaching staff? I, I think it was it was a, it was a seven for Crosby and the coaching staff. I think they got the, the eleven right. Um, what what I would question was whether the game plan was exactly that. We had a chat about this after the game, and have you listened to Crosby's interview yet? No, I haven't. Listening to his interview, no, that wasn't the game plan. We didn't plan on giving him so much respect in the first half, and the plan he was very disappointed with the first half performance. Fair, fair enough. Um, obviously, I say I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but yeah, that, that that was that was my only that was my only thing. Um, was was that the plan? And if Crosby says no, then fair enough. Then players have got to take a little bit of the the, the flack for that. I think what. What does worry me a little bit is we we, we are limited to change at the minute. Um, seems like we've picked up a couple of knocks and a couple of scrapes and stuff like that, so we are a bit limited to change. But again, the subs that we made today had all had an impact. I think I, I don't look at one and think, oh, they 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 didn't they didn't pull the weight in some some way or way shape or form. Um, and overall, like. It, Brave of him to make the subs that he did at half time. Um, he, he could have easily given more barking and gone right. We'll give you ten minutes. We've seen countless managers do that, but the, the two subs, especially at half time, had a massive impact on the game for me. Yeah, they did for me. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I thought he, he was he was asked about that after the after the game because I agree very well, much better with Massey and. Um... Oh, just remind me, um, Thomas. Thomas wasn't it? Martin Thomas came on, yeah, for Wilson and Divine. But to be fair to um, the lads who came off Wilson and Divine, Andy Crosby did say, well, it wasn't just the changes. He said, had we played 10 yards higher up the pitch in the first half, whoever would have been on would have, would have been better, would have been looked better. So it was, it was the general approach of the team, which he wasn't happy with. So he wasn't making a scapegoat of, uh, of Wilson or Divine. Yeah, and I don't know if you two thought the same. I thought we kind of changed shape a little bit second half. It seemed as though Massey was playing up front with Thomas, with Garrity behind, rather than one up front and two behind. Was that just my eyes, or did you two think the same? No, I, I agree. And that, and that kind of, not not frustrated me a little bit, but I kind of was like, if Divine would have stayed on where Garrity played, and this isn't me saying that Garrity should have come off, because I think Garrity did a really good job. But if Divine would have stayed on where Garrity was, or could have been brought on where Garrity was with 20 minutes to go, maybe we would have unlocked a few more doors. Um, because Garrity was there to do a, a specific job for me and did his job really well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you both noticed while starting the second half, um, Smithy moved out to the left of the back three. Yeah, yeah he did. Barmer went in the middle. Yeah, and that seemed to... Well, second half, we batted them. It was a game of two halves, wasn't it, Mark? It really was. First half, I think... I know Bolton's goal was late, 
but they deserve going in front, and I think we did enough to deserve a point by the end. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, yeah, no arguments. Bolton's a really, really good side in the first half. I mean, you could argue, and it's true to a point we made, and we can put side because we stood off them and players will look good with time on the ball, won't they? But, but even so, you know, credit to Bolton, they did look a, a really good team. Different, completely different second half. We were a bit more aggressive, I think, in the faces, as Andy Crosby said, got 10 yards further up and just made him more uncomfortable, really. And I suppose got maybe but got more maybe more runners there with um, with Massey and Thomas. You know they, they could get him behind a bit more. And it just I just thought that that improved. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing more of Divine actually because I've only seen probably three times. Uh, I saw him against Burton and he, he had a really quiet game. But then I thought he played really well in the, in the cup against Sutton. And he's obviously a good player. Look where he's come from, training with England and so on. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to seeing you know seeing more of him. Yeah, it's hard to judge any of the forward plays on that first 45, mm. really, isn't it? because the ball wasn't there. But, yeah, I mean, fair play to Bolton. First off, I thought they were the best side we've come up against this season. I, yes, we stood yeah. off them, but actually I thought they found the men really well. They got good players. And I said to you at half-time, Johnny, in, in the group, I said, if anyone wants a blueprint for what Andy Crosby's trying to do, we try and play like Bolton. The difference is at the moment their budget's probably four times bigger than ours. And for me, that was the difference between the sides at the end of the day. Although second half, we'd have more than enough deserve a point from it. The difference was they were clinical, we weren't. Yeah. And, and the stats say we had more chances. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think as well, to be fair to Andy Crosby, there'll be a lot of teams who lose to Bolton this season and the managers will come out and say, oh, look at the strength and depth Bolton have got. Look what the budget is. Look at the players they're able to bring off the bench. You know, as though it would have been a, a miracle if we got a result out of it, really. But Andy Crosby didn't do that. He concentrated on what what we did wrong and what we could have done better, you know, which still was um, impressive, really. Yeah, and for me, I think they'll probably top two probably win the league. And second half, we were a better side than them. First half, they were a better yeah. side than us. And we've shown for me, Johnny, we can go toe-to-toe with anyone on his day. Yeah, we have. And I think that's the big thing is, like, we we come out of that with being proud, proud of the performance. And I just wish the fans would stay behind. And show a bit like I've seen I've seen Goldwyn Pocket on Twitter and I've seen quite a few people having a pop at him about it. And I just don't I don't understand it. I don't understand why so many of our fans walked out today. Like they stay behind when we win, don't they? Yeah. But I've seen some people say, oh, well, we're piss wet through. So I want to get home. I get that. But it's five minutes. Yeah. I was going to say, if you're already wet through, you're already wet through, aren't you? Yeah. And I just know I'm with you. I think, I think if we've been twatted three nil, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bring it up like feel feel free. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I doubt I'd be there. But when we played as well as we have in the second half, just show a bit of appreciation. And like I say one one of the responses was like, "Oh, I'll be at I'll be at Bolton on at Bristol on Tuesday and um, Portsmouth." But it's like great, so why? But that doesn't make you that doesn't make doesn't make last the like the last game any any less like reason to to not give show show them that you you're actually proud of what they've done and i think that's the big thing for me is show them that you're actually proud of them show them that they've actually put in the right sort of performance even though that they've lost and they'll they, they know the yardstick then you know the sort of thing that that we expect and i just it's just really frustrating and i know flickcroft mentioned it last season didn't he and the club have actually come out and said oh it's actually been better recently um and i just think like just show them that bit of respect that they deserve 
And that's that's my thing today is they, they deserved it. And I know like where you stand, Bez, was empty around you and it's yeah, just it just frustrating really and i get this there's going to be some people with legitimate reasons and i'm not like digging out every single person there's going to be some people that have to there's people that may have to shoot off for work and stuff like that they've left five minutes before the end or whatnot then that's more than fine it's just that the amount of people that went compared to stayed was just a bit disappointing and it is like say after that performance and people that generally stay when you win and they've gone because we've lost. And like you say, if we've been tanked or we've been poor, yeah, I get it. I still stay, but I get it. That's me. Other people can do what they want. But when you played well, show them the respect for me. So I'm with you. Let's get into the players anyway, Johnny, because I think there'll be some good marks here and some players that played well, some not so well. And let's see who gets to the man of the match. So brought to you by Johnny's Bar and Boozlum, St. John's Square. Get yourselves down. Best pint in Boozlum. Go see what he's got on at the moment. In goal, Johnny Connor Ripley. Yeah, I think six for Ripley. I think he was he was decent. He was all right. He made that one good save in the second half, which part of me thinks was a bit of a camera save. But other than that, kicking was good. Um, didn't really feel like that he had a chance with the goal. Um, and yeah, he was just he, he was decent. It was a Connor Ripley performance as we're as we're getting used to. Yeah, Mark, you don't have to give us the marks for no one wants marks, marks. Um, get yourself marks, marks. There we go. There's someone so you can have for your newsletter. If anyone wants them, sign up for the newsletter, get yourselves over. But what do you think of Ripley's performance? I thought I thought he was solid. I, I agree with John. I mean, considering how much of the ball Bolton had in the first half, he didn't actually have that many saves to make, really, yeah. did he? I mean, you mentioned the shots statistic at the, at the very top, but I thought he had, he had absolutely no chance with a goal. There was a slight mix-up with Barmer, wasn't really on where Barmer, I think, wanted him to come for the ball and he wanted him just to just to clear him. But I don't think that was particularly uh, Ripley's fault. You know, that was just, just one of those things. I've seen him four or five times now and he just looks a, a really impressive keeper. And we, we've got a, we've got a history of good keepers, haven't we, at the Vale? And we've also had spells where we, we can't find a good one, you know, usually in really, really bad seasons where we go through a lot of keepers. But um, I've seen some really good ones over the last 20 years and I've, from what I've seen of him, you know, he's got a very he's going to be up there, I would think. Yeah, I'm with him. He's already got an affinity with the fans. The mm-hmm. fans love him. You can see he get he gets it. And fantastic. And I love the answer that Flick Croft and Crosby give on Thursday where someone asked him how they got Connor Ripley and they said they basically tag teamed him and stalked him until he signed a contract. So they knew he was the number one target. They wanted him and yeah, it's proving to be great for us so far. And their goal, nothing he can do about that, right in the corner. So I think he's worth a seven, you know, Johnny, because I thought he made a couple of good saves. His distribution was decent overall. I thought it was worth a seven for me, but we'll go with a six. Mike, you next, right to the back three was Cove. I, was, I thought he did all right, considering he had to change round quite a bit, didn't he? He went, I think mm. he started, you mentioned that he started on the right. He ended up switching to the left when Yakovetti went off. And then he actually played in the centre of the back three in the second half. So he looked, yeah. he looked, he looked okay. He thought he was playing solid. He came, apart from Garrity, he was as close as anyone to score. I think it was his header from the corner, wasn't he, in the second half? Yes. It was just wide. Maybe because he had a bit, he was he was clear, maybe he could have uh, stuck that one in, but it wasn't a bad effort. I thought he looked, looked good. I thought I saw him in the very first friendly at um, Kidsgrove. Kidsgrove I, thought yeah. he was, I thought he was the player that really stood out then, actually, of all the signings. I know he has, um, he's had a bit of an injury, hasn't he, since then, so it's taken yeah. a while to break through. Um, but again, it's somebody I'm looking to see more of, and I thought he had, he had a decent game, no, no complaints, really. 
Yeah, I'm with you. And I just say that had to be the only thing for me. It was a free header. He probably should have been doing better. But, you know, he's a young lad coming through. Johnny, your thoughts on Big Cove? Yeah, I think I think he's maturing with each game. I think what what strikes me is that he's a big lad and he? he's got big size to him. Um, and I think he's been so used to playing like under 23s football and stuff like that and being the big lad and being able to bully people that it's actually coming up against men with experience around him now that have had that nounce nounce of a big lad coming at him and what to do so he's adapting footballing wise he looks sound um he does just need to cut out that bit of a lapse in concentration um the header he should he should be at least hitting the target as you say but i don't think there was anything major um my only slight criticism of him is that he seems to like a booking. Um, he got, he got booked in the first half today, but when he should have taken the booking when they're running through for their goal, he could have hit him in the halfway line and took that booking and didn't. I think that's just a bit of a bit, a bit, a bit of match experience, shall we say? But decent performance. He's growing. He he still. I still think he's one of our better centre halves and will improve and did improve in that centre um, because he can go left and right. Um, but yeah, 6-6 six, six for Kofi and it's, it, it kind of stopped his personal rot, shall we say. Yeah, I'm with you. And moving on, Johnny, in the middle, Captain Smudge. Yeah, that's a solid Nathan Smith performance. I think when he went left, on the left of the three in the second half, he was getting forward, he was helping his mates out, he was, he was supporting where he could. He, he just he'll do it he'll do anything and play anywhere for the team, won't he, Nate? And then that's the big thing about him. I think he he sacrifices himself for the good of the team. Um and whilst whilst he didn't have an excellent performance today by any stretch of the imagination, I don't think any of the defenders did. But he had a good performance. He, it was it's what you expect from Smithy, and it was a surprise team come off. Um, it's not something that we used to see. Um, but yeah, I think six for Smithy, um, decent, but that's that that's about it. Yeah, and for me, he come off and someone around me said, I can't remember, that's been Lorna actually said, Oh, Smithy's come off, why is that? And for me it was because we wanted ball playing centre halves on the pitch at that point, because we wanted to get on the ball, get it full. So I understand the sub and like I say it's a strange team come off, but I totally get the rationale behind it today. Yeah, I, I just my my only my only criticism of it is in the last minute. If you're if you if you're you've got an effort to put in the box and you want someone that's going to throw everything at them, Nathan Smith's going to going to do that. And that's my only sort of criticism of it. I get that, and yeah, I can see what you're saying. Would you prefer five foot ten, whatever he is, Nathan Smith chucking himself at it to six foot, whatever, Jesse Debra? Uh, I don't I don't think it's an either or situation, personally. Yeah, you could have them both, but yeah. Because yeah, just... don't forget we made the two subs and we took we took um we took Barmer and Smith off at the time and brought Deborah and Sang on and put Connor Grant yeah. centre off. Yeah. Um so it, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's an either or, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I just, I think I'd still prefer Smithy be throwing himself in the box at that point because I know he'll, I know he'll put everything and he'd add a brick wall if he asked him to for Vale. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Mike, thoughts on Smithy today? 
I mean, yeah, steady, solid guy. I must, I must have written that, you know, how many times, 300 times, you know, in his career. He must be one of the most consistent players Vail have ever had, really, you know, just um, tremendous. I think, I agree with you that I think the changes were made, taking the two centre-halves off, because, he, yeah, he wanted more attacking players in that back three, Grant being one of them. And yeah, and, and I think it also shows that the options he's got now in that in those back three because we actually finished the game with an entirely different back three than the one we started with you know which is pretty yeah. pretty unusual um and there's plenty of competition we'll, we'll get on to jesse Denver later but i thought he did really well i mean done well uh, against Sutton in the week so he'll be he'll be making his claim as well yeah i'm certainly not writing nathan smith up because if you think of the amount of center arts who've come and gone you know since he made his debut and he's the one consistent really and and as i said he's he's one of the most consistent players i've ever seen and um, yeah, I, I thought he, I thought he had a good game today. So nothing, nothing that really stood out. I can't think of any mistakes or anything like that. Just sort of classic Nathan Smith, you know, play you'd always pick in your eleven. Yeah, and their centre forward after about three minutes went crying to the ref saying he's pinching me, and I think Smithy had to kind of be on best behaviour after that. He knew the ref was watching it. So, but still did a good job without it. And as you say, Deborah, I thought he looked fantastic when he come on. And with that injury to the Yak now, maybe that does open a door for them to start. Or is it Cass or is it Jones? Because we're moving on to the Yak now. It was it looked as though it wasn't an impact injury. It looked as though his calf went on him or something. So that could be weeks rather than days. So there's going to be a door open there. So Mike, quick word on the Yak, but then really we're talking about Cass because he's the one that played the majority of the game. Yeah, I'm afraid I haven't got an injury update on, on the Yak, so we'll find out more on, on Tuesday about how serious that one is. Um, he was he got booted early on, didn't he, when he was just a bit late, but I thought he was a bit unlucky there, because we'd lost the ball in midfield, uh, which left the back three exposed, and I think he had to go for the challenge. Whether he got the man or not, he had, he had to make that challenge, so I wouldn't blame him for that at all, really. And then he was only on for 20 minutes, so he didn't get to yeah. Chance to be unfair to judge him on that, but again, yeah. he did he did okay at a time when we were we were struggling really where we couldn't get the ball. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And then Cass because he was the one that was on for seventy plus minutes. He slipped for the goal, didn't he? That was it. That was unfortunate. And you Very, can't, because you can't bash him for that, can you? Because it's, you can't, it's no, slipped, you can't, but he did give him the goal. But yeah, but it's just unfortunate. Um, yeah. And to be fair to me, what he didn't, I, I thought he did okay. He, he does offer you that he's, he will make more of those overlapping runs. He's more of an attacking player from that back three. I mean, the best chance we created in the first half was um, Cass and Plant's that lovely little exchange they did down the right before Plant pulled it back for Bangarity. So that was that was Lewis Cass getting forward, being in the right place. I saw the uh, Burton game when he came off the bench, and I thought we were a lot better when Lewis Cass came on. Just got again, got down wide on the right. Um, I didn't, I didn't. Obviously, I haven't seen all the games, but I've heard some criticism from early on. I think it was the Barnsley game, wasn't it? He played, but I just think he's played with it with a lot of potential. And as I said, he was really unlucky with the slip today. But I thought in general, he did okay. Yeah, Johnny, I'm going to surprise you here. Go on. I think I like Louis Cass. No, don't talk wet. Yeah, I, I think. He's, he's one of these that's that, that, that's growing on me every time he's like his last three or four performances. He's been good in the air. He's been good with the ball. Like Mike just said, he's he's been passing and moving, getting getting in and around the sort of wing back area to to help out. And that's that that seems like where where his his place is. And today, that that. The, the one for, with, with Planty that, that set him in, the weight of that pass back to Planty was brilliant. 
And you've got to give him massive credit for that because the pitch is wet and it was holding up sometimes and then flying off other times. And then second half, he, he linked up well. He put a, put a good cross in um, in the second half from from sort of the byline area two or three times that, unfortunately, like one of them he drilled along before and we probably should have done better with. The other one was in that corridor of uncertainty, but their keeper came and claimed it because he will give a shout out to their keeper because he, he's a very good keeper. And yeah. Um, and on football, actually, he got man of the match in the whole game their keeper did. Yeah, well, that tells you someone, doesn't it? Yeah. But yeah, I think Cassie, Cassie was, was, was good today. Like, no... No, no better or worse than Smith and Kofi sort of thing. Like, I'm not saying he was like head and shoulders above, but maybe he's more noticeable because I have hammered Cass a lot. But I didn't feel uncomfortable with him. After the slip, I was just like, oh, Cass, I'm, I'm going to have to... I wanted to come and talk and say positives. And then I thought, is it just going to be another one of them days for him? Because sometimes he feels a bit similar to Dan Jones, where one mistake... Can can break break the confidence, uh, but he didn't let he didn't let it. And I think that goal, if you look back, you'll probably sit and, and probably slate three or four players, not just pass for falling over sort of thing. Because we've let it, we've let him run a long way, and he seems to have targeted Louis Cass's side for that. Because if you watch, he has two or three chances before he gets over that way to cut inside, but he doesn't. He goes all the way over to that side. Um, but yeah, overall, cast decent performance, six. Um, not going to be horrified if he starts against Bristol. Um, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting one at the minute. Yeah, and I think we've always said with Cast going forward on the ball and that he's good. The questions come defensively, and today was actually I don't think he had to do that much defensively, but what he did, he did fine. And yeah. the challenge for Cast will be when we're up against the side that really are. Pepperiness, and I know Bolton battered us the first half, but they weren't really pepperiness, they were just controlling the ball. So, yeah, I thought he did fine as well. I'm with you. And then Johnny on the right in the midfield, sponsors man of the match, and his natural side on the right was James Plant. Yeah, um, I'm with the sponsors today. I think I thought this was one of Planty's best position, uh, best performances, and actually. I think I think he'd actually rival Mitch at right at right wing back because I think he did everything that Mitch does. I don't think he was caught out defensively. I think he was he was strong in the tackle. He got he got up and down well. He put in a couple of decent balls, like like Mike alluded to the ball into Garrity. There was one just before that in the first half where he tried the same thing and it just didn't come off. Um, but. He was getting in the right areas, doing the right things, and then goes over to the left and carried on what he was doing. So, really impressed by Planty. Um, he probably could, probably should have had an assist today. Um, at least one, like I said, <coughs> one, but there was another chance as well in the second half where he's put in a decent ball and probably should have done better with it. But, yeah, it was, it was nice, nice, nice to see Planty there. And um, it'll be interesting to see what happens going forward. Yeah, and I don't know if you'd agree, Johnny, but I've been saying all season, because I've seen him a lot for the youth team on the right, he's more natural on the right. And I thought he lost a little bit when he went over to the left, because on the right he can drive down to the byline, whereas on the left he's always cutting in because he hasn't, hasn't really got a left foot. Yeah, I, th- I, th- 
I agree with that, and I think the the, the kind of the big thing for me is that we we we've got we we've got to coach his style of play if we're planning on playing him out on the left. Um, that he doesn't always need to cut in, but apart from that, I think it's decent and we're we're looking good. So like I say se- seven for plenty, my man of the match, happy happy days, and it's it kind of eased my Mitch worries, but only until Tuesday because I don't know if Conor Grant can do 90 and then play Tuesday. Yeah. No, I'm with him. For me, if we are playing plenty wing-back, it needs to be on the right because I thought he was fantastic on the right. I thought we lost a bit on the left. Mark, thoughts on plenty? Yeah, clean sweep for man of the match, I think. I, I had him as man of the match even before they said um, you know, the sponsor had got him as well. I just thought he was very very good going forward. He was, he was to play the club up for the interviews on Thursday afternoon. I thought he was very impressive there because He's, he's done a job for the team, basically, hasn't he? Left back, left wing back. Obviously, you've seen more of him than me, but it would have been easy for him then to make that point, really, in the press conference, and say, well, I've been doing a job for the team. I just want to do, do what I can, blah, blah, blah. But he didn't. He said, no, I've played left wing back before when I was out on loan. I'm guessing none to which, but I might, I might be wrong. So he said, I've done it before. It's no problem. Uh, he made the point that one thing he, he worked on with coaches at the start of the season was his, the defensive side of his game. And he's obviously developing really fast. He said over the last 12 months, he's gone up more levels than he had at any other time in his career. Um, but watching him today, you wouldn't say, yeah, he's, we're not giving him money the match because we're making allowances for the fact he's a young lad. Oh, he, he's, he's only got a dozen or so appearances on his own merit. He was a man of the match, whatever age he was. I thought he was, uh, I thought he was excellent defensively and a real threat going forward as well. More so on the right, but I think he did, he did okay when he switched to the left as well. Yeah, yeah, I love Planty, as everyone knows. Moving on, Mike, next to him, and I don't know how much you've seen of this young lad, but what a player, Oli Arblaster. And today was probably one of his quieter games, but still, what a player. Do you know, I'd seen him a couple of, I'd seen him in a couple of games, and then I went to the uh, the Burton match, and uh, the first half against Burton, I was sat in the, uh, in the railway, and I, I couldn't believe how good he was. I just, I said to the fellow next to me, has he been like that? all season because he, he wasn't just like his, his athleticism he could sort of go past plays he's obviously you know go box to box if he wants but he was so comfortable on the ball as well you know pinging passes just wanting the ball in tight situations everything he was as I said he was so so impressive that's like the best half of football I've seen for a long time you know from anybody down the veil so he was brilliant he was still good in the second half of that game but he was a little bit quieter and I thought he had a good game again today as I said not not as standout as, as he was against Burn. You know, he's up against better players and available getting dominated in the first 45 minutes. But he was still probably looked as though he might make something happen. I think there was one where he pinched possession or charged the ball down, you know, won a corner. He's picking out good passes. Not all his passes came off, but he was trying, he was trying things. He was you know, we've been we've been saying that we were in games where Vale have had more of the possession, you know. We like him try more forward passes rather than taking the safe option and he was prepared to do that at times as well so it's probably not the best game he's had for the Vale but I thought he's still he was still impressive today yeah no I'm with you know, there was one I seem to remember him winning the ball back kind of just inside our own box with an absolute inch perfect tackle uh, he was brilliant and he is brilliant Johnny isn't he it didn't well, wasn't it, was our, our blast not the one that cleared one off the line as well? well I wouldn't know. Yes, he was. That. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, there was that Bolton. Uh, there was a Bolton break from a corner. Wasn't the serve to score? They played it across Ripley. There was a man free in the back post, and he almost yes. came from nowhere just just to clear it. Yeah, about a yard from the line. Yes, yeah. he did. 
and I think I think I think, I think that that sums up in, in in a nutshell sort of thing. This was probably his worst game technically with the ball, but his work effort, his, his work rate was there, his effort was there. He put it in the tackles, and it, he felt more of a defensive midfielder today than previously, where Ojo's been that defensive midfielder, all Blaster's been that, but but more of a creative spark and he has done he's found that eye of the needle pass a few times and the slip away and scored a goal recently and stuff like that so this felt like more like a defensive midfielder than a, a another midfielder sort of thing like next to a defensive midfielder um but first off him and Ojo were the two that well for me that were the only two that could come out of that thinking they're having a good game everyone else was solid but without being spectacular and then the second game, Ollie was just 10 yards further forward and trying. So, seven for Ollie, I think. It's, again, he's building and building. He's doing the right things. He's looking good for us. And I just, I, I, just love, him. I love him. And I shouldn't do because he's a lone player. But, yeah, I do. Well, it's yeah. funny that came up at the fans. Forum did it on Thursday. One of the questions were, have you got plans? In January, in case players are recalled, I know it's a sort of glass off empty way of looking at it, but I suppose we've got to be realistic. And Dave Flickcroft did say yes, it's something we. I think he said we've just come from a meeting about that, and they said yeah. they're looking at possible replacements in case the worst happens. Yeah, ninety-minute meeting he said, didn't he, about all possibilities mm-hmm. that could happen in January, whether that's staying going, mm-hmm. etc. And he did say, you know, one of the signs of a lone player coming in and doing well is clubs higher up the pyramid start looking at him. Yeah. So, and he said that's happened with his well, own players. I, I as suppose well. if, yeah, but I suppose the clubs loans you a young player and he does really well at your club, other clubs are more likely to let you have their decent players as well. So I suppose it's not, you know, it's not all bad news. No, definitely, definitely. It's building blocks, isn't it? If they mm-hmm. go back stronger, leaner, fitter, other clubs looking go bloody hell, they'll look after him and send them back better players. So yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you. And hopefully he stays for the season there. And for me, if we're in and around the top six come January, why wouldn't he want to stay and see the season out? But obviously. Yeah. He'd have to speak to his parent club if someone else come in and see what they think the best thing for his development is. So let's see. I'm moving across the midfield, Johnny. Funzo. Yeah, another another typical Funzo performance. It's becoming that way, isn't it? He, he, he tidies up while he's got that turn of pace getting back. He, a couple of times when when we were attacking, he, he, he kind of hangs back, doesn't he, and goes, well, you lot get forward. I'll I'll stay here and do a bit of the defensive work when when needs be. For for a lad that for me looks quite small in stature, he's strong as a fucking ox because he he, he was going toe to toe with Charles and with with Cameron Jerome when he came on and John Daddy Bovards and and he just he he wasn't losing his battles was he? So I think good strong Funzo performance. We're used to seeing this from him now. It's it's again another one that's setting a benchmark for what we expect. The shot wasn't as good as um, as Tuesday, no. but you, you know it's, it's one of them. People were crying for him. Shoot, he's had a shot. You can't really be too critical about it. Um, and yeah, it was just a decent performance from Funzo. Another solid seven um, without being spectacular, but yeah, we've we, we've got a very good. A very good midfield at the minute, and I'm ha- I'm very happy with it. Yeah, agree. Mark? I agree with everything Johnny said about Funzo, and I think he's emerging as a, an influential player as well, more the longer he's been at the club as well. Um, and I, 
I, I like the fact that he doesn't mind having his say as well. I watched his interview after the, the game of midweek where he just referred to the fact that um, fans aren't quite um, on the same page in terms of sideways and you know backwards passing and so on. You know whether you agree with his point or not. I really like a player who doesn't mind coming out and making you know making that point and sort of backing it up. So yeah, I'm yeah. a real fan of uh, Funzo. Yeah. Yeah, it's quality. And then Mike on the left of the midfield was Connor. Connor Grant. He did all right, yeah. His um, delivery's pretty good. Um, when, the, when the changes were made, um, centre backs, I wasn't sure. I was trying to work out the system. I said to the lad next to me, he's obviously seen more games than me. And he said, he said, no, watch, he'll drop into the back three, which is, he was spot on, which is exactly what he did. And I thought he looked good on the left of that back three when we just wanted to be a bit more attacking um, from that position. So, Again, no, no complaints. I thought I thought he was steady. Um, obviously, yeah. he's come with a big reputation, hasn't he, from his previous club? Um, yeah. But yeah, he looks a looks, looks a solid player. Um, it'd be interesting to see if he's an, if he's an option long term. You know, that, or he gives us more versatility anyway in that position. Yeah. But yeah, I thought he did okay. Yeah, he did, and he's certainly getting closer and closer to ninety minutes of football mm-hmm. more often than Tijani because he did come with that injury from last season and. He's getting fitter and fitter every weekend. He is. He's getting fitter and fitter. My only criticism of Conor Grant is his delivery at times needs to be better. He's coming with a bit of a set-piece hype, shall we say. And a couple of his corners are a bit loopy and we, we haven't been given the chance to see what he can do. But that doesn't mean that that's me being ultra picky because you don't score hundreds of goals a season from, a cor- from corners, do you? Um, but I would like sometimes to be given a bit of a fighting chance. Um, based on his performance today, decent at left wing back, decent at left centre half. I, I think in the first half, he, he felt like he was being doubled up on a, a bit. So he was kind of in between, didn't know whether he could go or stay. And yeah, it's just, yeah, it was. He just lacks a little bit of pace from there, um, so kind of needs to be a bit more, a bit, bit more cute with the ball. And I think that helped when Barmer was over that side than when Smith was there. I think when Smith was there, Smithy kind of made the space for for Grant to put the ball into, but we didn't really take advantage of that as much. But overall, all right. This, Nothing, nothing that you're going to sit there and go. Oh, I really hope he don't play for us ever again. Um, and yeah, it was, it, it was all right. So six for Grant. Yeah, I'm with you. Six is about right. He did all right without being spectacular. And I've got the football league highlights, and they've just shown the Bale Bolton highlights. And looking at the tackle on Funzo leading to their goal, I think it comes under those that you put in the category of seen them given, because the yeah. lad. Definitely gets the ball with his foot, but when you look at the top half of his body, he's kind of he's all over Funzo when he's pulling him. So it's certainly one that you've seen given free kicks for. And then they showed you the Garrity chance at the end of the first half that Cass and Plenty made. And I think their goalie, good reaction, probably didn't know a lot about it. And if Garrity put it anywhere else, it's one all, but it was straight at him. So you know, with, yeah, with those seen him given challenges, I mean, I think that's a good point. I think you sort of want a bit of contact in football, don't you? And you don't mind, you don't want refs blowing up every time, so long as they give you both sides, as long as they're consistent all the way and that's how they want to referee, then I haven't really got a problem with that. I haven't actually seen the goal back yet, so I don't know about that specific incident, but but in general, if refs are letting a bit more go, which I yeah. think they've tried to do, haven't they? You know, I don't mind that at all. No, I don't. The frustrating thing for me today is every time there's contact with the Bolton lad, he was giving a foul. 
and he hasn't done it both ways. And I think had that been the other way off his performance today, he's probably blowing for a foul, is my opinion, watching it back on Sally. But it's one of them that I actually don't think should be given as a foul. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can see both sides. And then Johnny, behind the front two, first of all, Alfie only had 45 minutes today. Yeah, again, was asked to do an un- un- unthank- unthankable task. Is that weird? A thankless task. Thankless task, that's the badger. I was thinking about the unthinkable and unthankable. Yeah, and we, we went um, went to a bit of both. But yeah, a yeah. bit of a thankless task wanted. He was asked just just to run run around a lot and didn't really have a lot of the ball, wasn't wasn't able to do what Alfie's good at in terms of getting on the ball and creating. Um so yeah, it was through no fault of his own, it was probably a five. Because I thought he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't involved enough. But part of that was due to how we'd kind of set up and a, a few bits and bobs about how we'd actually played first half. So I say it's one of them where I'm, 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 I'd be more than happy to see him start against Bristol. I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking for that. I just, yeah, he just wasn't great today for him. Yeah, no, with you, Mike. Yeah, I agree with that. I think I think I think a five is very fair because he was only on for the first half. I mean, if you just awarded the marks for everybody after the first forty-five minutes, you know, you probably have seven or eight fives, wouldn't you? So I think that's yeah. fair. I thought he, I thought he was very good on Tuesday, really creative, and the team didn't play well in that first half today, and that's just unfortunate. Obviously, he was part of the team, take some responsibility for that. But if we could, if we can't get him on the ball as much to to do his stuff, sort of thing, then it, then it's hard for him. Yeah, no, and with your players like him, you've got to give him the ball and then let him express himself. And even the first half, though, there's times where if you watch him, his runs off the ball, they're unbelievable. But sometimes all lads aren't quite on the same wavelength and just can't quite pick him out. But you can see that he's got that Premier League brain. He has got that brain of a footballer that plays higher. And he sometimes he just needs to remember the other lads aren't quite. And that's no disrespect to them. Ralph has come from training, as we keep saying, with Harry Kane, with some, with James Madison. And Smithy, and again, not the same ball as James Madison does. It might one day. But I'm not, moving I'm on. Not telling him that. Yeah. I'm yeah. not telling him that. You can tell him that. <laughs> well, I said he might one day. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I, I think Smithy would even appreciate that he isn't knocking the same balls as James Madison. <laughs> I, I'm, well. I'm loath to say anything as Nathan Smith today because I trod on his fruit salad at the end of the game. If I, if I explain that, he went to. Uh, he, 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 um, he was doing an interview with Phil Bowers and I was sat up in the press box typing up my uh, match starting my match report and ratings and um, Phil sort of coughed so he's, he's on his way sort of thing so I had to get down from the press box reporters sat next to him so I squeezed past him by the time I got down there um, he just started so, so I sort of rushed along stopped just short of where he was standing and just answering Phil's first question I heard a crunch under, under my foot <laughs> and uh, Phil, Phil, who well, glanced across at me and didn't know whether to carry on the interview or not. But then we realised when we had to stop when um, Nathan Smith said, he's just stood on me fruit. <laughs> Camera stopped. He sort of glared at me and I looked down. And he'd been eat- when he walked out, he'd been eating this um, fruit salad out of a Tupperware box. There's nowhere to put it when he started the interview, so he just put it on the floor. As I said, I'd, I'd come across... Stamp right on it, not realised. Just stopped short of like sliding on it into the camera, you know, sending that flying to ruin all interview, which we had to start again. So, yeah, 
it was all right. It was very, you know, very, uh, very generous of him. But um, obviously, it's not the last. It's the last thing you want when you've lost the game, anyway. You know, been subbed and then somebody comes in there, chads on your team. <laughs> Welcome back, Bagus. I know what an impact. <laughs> That's what you call an impact substitution. Yeah. So it's not really related to the player ratings, but, uh, but no. yeah, there we go. No, you, you better take your Mirma fruit salad down in the week when you go down for the interviews for the Bristol game. I think that's the least that can do, yeah, some sort of, yeah. Some sort of apology. I think so. So, Ben Garrity, did we discuss Ben Garrity? Did we get that far? No, no we haven't got to Ben. No, Ben Garrity, Mike. I, th- I thought we had a good game, and I thought to come so close to scoring in a, in a first half where we, we'd hardly had the ball, you know, let's be fair, and it's still timed his run beautifully. There's nothing wrong with the shot. He was just really unlucky. It's either an excellent save or the keeper's got a bit of luck looking to get something on it. I think fair to the keeper giving him some credits. So I thought he was in. I thought he'd beaten the keeper and he just got yeah. But it was it was brilliant to get there before the defender, anticipate the cross. And I just thought he looked a threat and he has done when I've seen him as well. He scored a, a lovely goal into the Burton game once he went was a where he was ahead it. Yeah. And he looks to me like he's he's back to the player he was a couple of years ago when he came in and scored 12 goals. And that's not criticism of him last season because he was playing deeper for a lot of last season, once he was doing a job for it, job for the team. Yeah. But I think particularly in a team where we're probably short of it, we need another centre-forward, don't we? Which is no criticism that the players on the books, but we, we wanted another one before the deadline. So to have somebody like him stepping in with the goals he is, I just think he's... Um, you know, a real asset. Um, and he's probably making a point as well after being left out of the team and coming off the bench and scoring, you know, he's, uh, he's hard to drop at the moment, I would have thought. Oh, yeah, definitely. Johnny? You've seen it back, Bears. Um, I don't know what you think. I, I thought maybe he hit it too well, which is which is mad, but like, I think he's, he's caught it perfectly. And yeah. we said about Willow in the week, didn't we? Maybe if you just scuff, scuff one, it, it bounces in over the keeper instead. But he's worked incredibly hard. He won all his headers. He seems... We, we seem to have a bit of a plan for Will Forrester today. And that was go and get Garrity in his head a little bit. I don't know if you saw in the first half, Garrity was chirping at Forrester a couple of times and was going up against headers with him and stuff like that. And I don't know if that was kind of a game plan or if it was just... You know what it's like when you play against your mate. Sometimes you just go go and play next to him, try and try and get a bit more out of him than you'd get out of someone else. Second half, I thought Garrity dropped into that little hole. Well, did did more of the more of the the other stuff for the game. That that he was more. It felt like maybe he dropped into a sole number ten or maybe into into a three man midfield. I couldn't I couldn't quite work out what we'd actually done. Um, because I because I, did, I I just felt like we were that fluid up front that we were changing things round. So it was good. It was decent. We, I was I was happy with his performance. So, solid, solid six. Um, and Ben is one of the first names on the team sheet at the minute with the with the purple patches going through. I'm with you. Shame that run of scoring in every game's come to an end, but as you say, wasn't through lack of trying. The one he's hit, anywhere else it goes in, and he's caught it too well there. It's probably a good reaction, but it's straight at him and makes a good save. But yeah, he offers you so much different to the others. He's got the physical presence. As you say, he went on Forrester all the time, won his headers against him, did well, and, you know, unfortunate not getting it. Maybe deserves a seven, Ben, for his weight rate, I don't know, but we'll see what Mark says in the newsletter. 
And moving on, Johnny, last but not least, up front for 45, another thankless task, I think, for big James Wilson. Yeah, look, he, he didn't he didn't really get any get 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 anything, did he, today? Like there was no there was no service in and around the box for him in that first 45. But I felt like he worked really hard for the team going backwards. Um he he was battling, he he come in one stuff, he was he was trying to make things happen, but he just he just didn't seem to come off for him today. Um and Again, if he was on that second half, maybe things might have been a bit different for him. But we we kind of needed that sort of pace of Thomas and Massey. It felt like so decent, decent performance from James. I think similarly to Divine, um, it, it's it's it feels like a five performance. But it's again, it, it's it's nothing that I, I'm sat there thinking, God, this is disastrous. Please never see James Wilson again. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Mike? Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's five's fair just because he only played in the first half. I think the fact that when I noticed him in that first half, he was he made an interception in his own area. I think he cleared the ball away from his own area. He was unlucky to give away free kick when he got back and challenged well, just on the right in front of the right railway. But I suppose when you're looking at one of your most creative players and that's where they're doing all the, their eye-catching stuff, really, you know, back in their own third, then that sort of summed up um, our first half as a whole, really. I mean, he's... Um, He's obviously doing he's doing well this season and he's played more games. The club are looking at starting talks with him about a contract in January. And um yeah, no, no we know we know James Wilson's a class player and he seems fitness issues which maybe have troubled him before don't seem to have been been the case at the moment. So, you know, long long may continue. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think Flickcroft and Crosby both said it's a different James Wilson this season as mm. well, sort of mentality wise, the way he is around the club and I, I don't know what that means he was last year but he's just got a different he wants to be on the training pitch he wants to be available every day and I'm sure he did last year but they're just yeah. saying his mentality is different this year and it seems as though they've got a different player and well, they're happy with it talking talking about that um rumor has it and I've said I don't know how true it is but um on Tuesday after the Sutton game Willow was at the club till till midnight gone midnight uh, in the gym after, okay. after 10 minutes do, doing additional Doing, doing work and stuff like that. So obviously, I don't know how true that is. It's somewhat someone said to me today in the pub. It could be absolute horseshit. Um, so there you go, Mark, there's, there's, there's another thing. But yeah, I, I was really impressed by that. And obviously, it, it, it might be the only one. It might be one of four or five that were that were in there after sort of thing. And it was kind of a pre-planned warm down sort of that that you'd go through. That I, I don't really know, but it sounds good and it sounds like they're doing the right sort of things. So. Uh, long may continue and long may stay fit because he's he's an asset when he's on the pitch. Yeah, definitely. And for me, we are still a little lightweight up front, especially with the loft injury. We've only got Willow, Thomas and then Massey, who isn't a striker, but I'll come on to him now because I know Gadge's going to disagree with me massively because he already has on Twitter. I thought Gavin Massey was excellent today when he came on. At the moment, he seems to be the only fit striker we've got that can back into a defender, hold the ball up, tuck it in and allow the team to get further up the pitch. And I think he played a massive part in us being 10 yards further up the pitch that second half. I thought his work rate, his closing down was excellent. Has he got the end product? No. And that's why he's not a striker. But you know what? He was doing everything right and up for me, that second half is a contender for man of the match. I thought Gavin Massey was excellent today. And Gadge, I know you don't agree, but my views on Massey. Johnny, anything add on Massey? Um, I think one of the one of the big things for me, and it's it's something that um Che sent me. Um he said that whilst he actually lacked 
actual quality, like you've just said, he's never seen Gav battle that hard because it looks like he actually wanted to fight their centre halves at times. He was he was properly up for it. He was he he seemed riled up for it. He seemed like he had a bit about him and a bit of bite. So it's it's great to see. We we know. We know that we need to add we we need to add goals to this this team and that, but I think that's across the board. That's not just as a striker. Obviously, we need to add goals in the striker, but for me at the minute, like the centre halves need chipping a bit more from from set plays. I think Funzo and Arblaster are, are, are chipping in enough for for their position. The wing backs definitely need to be chipping in with a couple of goals at some stage. So, like, you can look across the whole pitch and going, well, we actually need chip in a few bits and bobs there, here, there, and, and then the subs as well. So, um, yeah, massive, massive. Like, you saw the edit today. It was a decent edit, but didn't have enough power on it to really, really challenge the keeper. And overall, it, it was a good performance from him. Yeah, I'm with you. Mark, anything else yeah. to add? Carthy, I think you've got to give him credit for the improvements whole team improved but I think as, as you said Bez he was um, he's probably instrumental in getting us a bit further up the pitch there were a couple of times where he, he pinged some really nice passes across to uh, James Plant as well on, on the right so he just just got us going a bit and that, so that's not a criticism of James Wilson you know I think Wilson would probably like to play in a team that was playing much better as they were in the second half but I think you've got to give massive credit we're, yeah, as I said we're really hard and just, just got us going a bit yeah yeah, I'm with you. And then lastly, Johnny, before I hand over, if you do a quick preview of Bristol Rovers, it's one point out the last nine available. Some people would look at that and go, oh, God, the bubble's burst. For me, where I'm at is, no, it hasn't because the performances are still good and we'll get the reward if we carry on putting them performances. I mean, for me, we should have beat Burton. We should have probably beat Cambridge and we should have got something today. So I'm not panicking. Are you panicking after one point out the last nine available? No, I'm I'm not panicking. Look, look, it's one point in the last nine doesn't doesn't sound brilliantly when you put it that way, does it? Do you know what I mean? But when you look at what are what we're we're now ten games into the season and we're on seventeen points, it, it's, it's dream start really. Like yeah. we, we've had, we've had a tough run of fixtures, and I know you've got to play everyone, but we've we played a couple of teams when they've been in in their form sort of period and stuff like that and we've come out we've come out of it well um i agree with you that we probably should have had something from burton and a bit more from cambridge but you could then flip it around and go well did we deserve to beat reading for example mm. it, yeah, it's at oxford the red card yeah. changed to oxford yeah, so, so 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 there's them there's them sort of things, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? There's them questions you can ask. But 17 points after 10 games, we're averaging 1.7 a, a game, which is 78.2. More... That'll end you the season on. There you go, 78 7, 78 points. Probably misses out on playoffs, but I'd say I'd say it's say it's a good good season anyway. If we finish on 78 points, it's a fantastic season. Oh, let's be honest. 78 points last year would have got a sixth. I was just thinking it might just sneak you in the playoff 78, but yeah. we, we'd all take 78, but obviously next three points. And we said these next three games were big, tough games in Bolton at home, and now we've got Bristol away, Portsmouth away. Mark, anything else to add before we have a quick look at the Bristol game? 
I think that's I think that's fair. If as long as performances are consistent, obviously I haven't seen all the games, but I was talking to a Vale fan after the Burton defeat, and they they actually mentioned the Oxford game. They said there've been one or two games where we've just nicked. Could have the games could have been a draw, and this is the one where he's gone against us tonight. And as long as those consistent performances are pretty consistent and good, and you have to say that was a that was a good second half performance today. So I don't think there's a there's not alarm bells ringing as the, as the cliche goes. No, not for me. We just need to be a little bit more clinical in front of goal, and we'll. But I still think when we're clinical in front of goal, someone's going to get an hiding office this season. It's just a case of sharpening up in front of goal. But Johnny, let's have a quick look at Tuesday, brought to you by Andy's PVFC's Taxis, because it's an away day. Give him a bell. He'll take you to the airport, or he'll get someone else to take you to the airport. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we've got, we've got obviously Bristol Rovers com- coming up. Um, Joe, Joe Barton's had a bit of a breakdown today um, in, his, in his post-match interview called out Luke Thomas after subbing him after 49 minutes. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to see whether that's manager mind games, a bit like when Mickey Adams transfer listed everyone, or if that's Joey Barton just being generally unhappy and taking it out on someone. Um, they've lost 2-0 to, to Peterborough. Um, their form's been a little indifferent. Um, one, one, two, one, two of the last three um, lost one, drew, drew one before that as well. So yeah, their their form's a bit up and down. They're 14th on 12 points. So yeah, I think I think it's going to be it's going to be quite an interesting one, really, um, because this is the next sort of yardstick now, isn't it? That like you're only as good as your last game, as they say. And we've we've come out of the Bolton game thinking we're, we're a decent side because we've gone toe to toe with. Like you, like you said, Bears probably one of the ones we're going to see in in and around that top top two, maybe um, come the end of the season. So, looking forward to that. What would you go starting eleven wise, Bears? Let's assume you first. Rippling goal. I presume the Yak isn't going to make it. Seen him go off today. I can't see him playing. So I'm going Kof right, Deb in the middle, Smith left. So, big Debra's coming in for me. I thought he was a colossus when he came on today, and I think he looks one hell of a player. So, I want to see him in that starting 11 as soon as possible, presuming he's fit enough to start a game, of course. Uh, right-hand side, if Mitch was ill today, they've said on radio. So, if Mitch isn't back, I'm keeping plenty on the right. I want him on the right. And I think Conor Grant's going to have to do us another start on the left, if he's capable. Midfield picks itself at the moment, until you? You're going Funzo, Arblaster, Garrity, and it's going to have to be divine with Chislett not making today. And that's not a bad thing. I love both of them. And then it, Willow starts up top. That's my right. 11. Mike, any changes that you'd make if you were manager? No, I, don't, I think I'd stick with the team um, best pick there. Uh, and I think it's a good shout about Jesse Gabber. I think he's, he's he's got his chance in the last week. He hasn't seen with two substitute appearances and really looks really looked at home and there was one interception he made where we were just a bit stretched where we committed man forward yeah. uh, I think it was Bod Varson would have been through and he just he just read it beautifully sort of sliding interception and got us going again he looks um, from what we've seen so far I know it's early days but he looks a, a real solid player yeah he does I like the look and he gives you that physical presence on mm. set pieces attacking as well because he's probably bigger than anyone else we've got yeah yeah no I thought uh, yeah I'd uh, look forward to seeing it bit more of him, see if he does get 90 minutes, you know, if he's ready for that. But, yeah, so, I know, am. Early signs really promising. 
Definitely. Johnny, you making any changes to that 11? Um, I'd probably go with what you've said. I think Crosby will start Cass instead of Deborah. I think he will. Um, so I, th- I think I think I'd I'd go with you. Yeah, like part of me feels that Massey and Thomas deserve starts. Like, but... yeah, I couldn't I couldn't disagree. But I think then you go in your five three two rather than your three six yeah. one. Yeah, it, it's 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 fitting a minute the minute, isn't it? Um, but yeah, I think positive is away from home. I think you've got to start with your strongest team fit. And then bring your impact players off the bench, like we kind of have today, um, and and hope that they're impacting in the right sort of way. So, might expect Chelsea be... make the event on bench on Tuesday and come it, up for twenty depends, minutes if we need him to. Depends how bad the hamstring is, doesn't it? Yeah, he, he was training Friday, and from what he said, and he's again sorry, Johnny, you haven't listened to his post match. <laughs> from what he said, it was kind of precaution. He left him out. He could have put him in, but left him out. He did train yesterday. Fair enough. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say the same thing. The manager he sort of didn't say it was a major injury after his, it was almost as though he might have been touching going to make it today. So, yeah, I think he'd probably be involved on Tuesday. Yeah, no, I think he'll make the bench. And his first game I'm missing this season, Tuesday, because I'm in Manchester for work. It's an event, but I will be home in time for our follow. That's nice then. I'll, I'll, I'll be there standing. Looks like him piss it down. So, happy day. away, don't it? Yeah, hopefully it's like we'll be singing in the rain like we were last time. That that was bloody horrible December day that was. The first first 30 minutes of that game was a disgrace. And then Ben, ben Garrity popped up and we had no strikers. Yes. And then every, everything felt all nice and rosy. Did Taylor get sent off for on that though? Was it the other centre-off? Because obviously he's back there now from Stoke. They've signed him for decent money. Yeah, Taylor got sent off, didn't he? Cause yeah, I thought it was. One of them got sent off for kicking Garrett in the head. Yes. And then the other got sent off for off the ball antics with Nathan Smith. And then they signed Martin up front in the week as well, didn't he? He was a free agent. Yeah, big Chris. Yeah. There's yeah. one as well for you, Mike, when you're at the club. We're chucking them all at you. Are we looking at the free agent market for a centre forward or are we happy with the three we've got? Yeah, good point. You know, you know what's quite often said with that about free agent players while they come in? But they haven't been playing, so it takes some weeks to get up to speed. So that takes you. Say yeah. we sign one now, you know, that might take you to the say end of October before they're ready. So I'll certainly ask the question though, but that's quite often the response when you do say about that. But it would it would be interesting because you would have to say we're probably a centre forward short at the moment. Yeah, for me we're a big strong centre forward short, mm. which we know Loft is. But obviously we don't mm. but to me, they haven't said how long the injury we sounded pretty bad to me. So I'm yeah. thinking as a Connor Wickham available still because he's still a free agent or someone of that mould. Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting. I, th- I think Andy Cro- Andy Cross is perhaps a bit more relaxed about putting time frames on injuries than maybe Dal Clark was. But Andy's just uh, given the opportunity to say he's just said a period of time on on a couple of occasions. So that makes you think that maybe it's a, it's a while rather than he's uh, he's back on Tuesday sort of thing. So uh, yeah. It's a shame, yeah, it's a shame really, because he's probably what we need, as you said, a sort of bigger centre forward to give us that option. And it makes a change from the two weeks last year, doesn't it? That every week it was two weeks away. <laughs> yeah, do you know, I really liked, uh, I really liked Darrell, but it became a bit of a running joke. Don't ask you about uh, about injuries, sort of thing. But to be fair to him, because he always used to say, "Well, ask me after the game. I don't mind. I'll talk to you about injuries, you know, but I don't want to give the the team." Um, 
the team that were playing a clear, which is fair enough, and he was he was consistent with that. But the problem was when you asked after a game about injuries, so we've lost. It's like the worst time usually to speak to a manager apart from anything, you know, but the games are absolutely fuming. So it's realistically you can't start reeling through about, you know, six players and there's an string going with the calf straight. It just uh, just never works really. No, no, it doesn't. It'll be interesting if the Cheltenham reporters find that. I do, I yeah. do, I do wish you, I do wish you luck though, because obviously he did a great job with Vale, and uh, yeah, I really liked him. Yeah, that we did. He did. Johnny, avtiming.com. Time of the first goal and goal scorer and full time results. Um, I was going to let Mike go first, being the guest. Go on then. Um, right. So first goal and goal time on. Um, right. Well. Considering I've, I've ruined his tip, I've got a tip Nathan Smith to, uh, to score the opener at Bristol Rovers. So I'll say uh, header from a header from a corner um, to put his one 0 up after a tight game, so seventy two minutes. And he going for a one 0 win. Yes, I am. Nice, Johnny. Um, that, that my my go to score line's been stolen. Um, yeah. I'm. Where am I at? I'm at 1-0 and 49 minutes and I'm going Bengarity. Fair enough. I'm going 52 minutes. Alfie Divine. I think Alfie he's going Sorry, was that Alfie Devine? You, you, you Alfie Devine, yeah. yeah. Right. Alfie Devine, 52 minutes, one all draw. Take one one all draw away from home and move, move on. I would. I just think with the run of results we've had, not performance, but results we could really do with three points in the back again, now get us going again. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that. Um, yeah, obviously, the longer you go without three points, the, 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 the bigger the next one comes. Yeah. But I'm... Um, Pretty comfortable at the minute. Yeah, I'm with you. And just before you sign out, Johnny, last one from me. The minutes applause for Eric Paul today, I thought was absolutely fantastic. And the Bolton fans, absolutely brilliant, started the minutes applause and joined in for the full minute. Nice jam from the Vale fans and one Eric Paul. And I thought that was quality from everyone. So well done to everyone that was there today. Well done for the club for doing it. And again, we said it on Thursday, but our hearts and condolences go out to Harry's family and friends. Yeah, it, do you know? Do you know the Bolton fans were top quality with that, and I think yeah. I think enough not not enough praise is given to opposition fans during times like that. I think like when when Dan was reading out obviously all all the stuff about Ari and the performances and stuff like that, Bolton fans just erupted, and that that was top quality. Yeah, really was. It's funny. I've just been writing about. It. I thought it was one of the most uh, moving moments I've seen at a football match for a long time. I thought it was absolutely tremendous, and I thought that the way the club did it was top class as well. And the way Dan read it out, just just to convey. I mean, there can't be many clubs that have got a player who's made 499 appearances, and then been a season ticket sold for 50 years. I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary, isn't it? And yeah. I, I I didn't know Harry really well, but I had the privilege of interviewing him a couple of times. You know, I got to know his son a bit, and he was he was the most one of the most humble people I've met, you know, he wasn't, he had to sort of steer him towards talking about his own career because when he started talking to him, he'd be asking me about what the Vale are doing now, you know, who's, who's signing, that sort of thing, you know, he was, he was genuinely modest, really nice fella, and I just thought it was absolutely lovely the way the club handled the whole thing and the way it was done, I mean, I thought, as I said, Dan did it 
beautifully the way he conveyed what a service he was to the club. And that obviously made such an impression on the Bolton supporters. Then, because as you said, it was just completely spontaneous that they started applauding. Yeah, it's just a fantastic minutes and the chance from the heart more than that. Yeah, I thought it was, a, thought it was you know, really a moving, moving moment. Yeah, it was absolute top quality. So, yeah, there we go. We are going to be back Wednesday night, I think. Yeah, sounds yeah. about right. Wednesday night with the review of Bristol and the preview of Portsmouth away. So two big away games in terms of distance and actually on the pitch. Um, so, yeah, you're at Portsmouth, aren't you, Buzz? I am. I'll be at Pompey. Your voice went. Oh, yeah, I'll be at Pompey. <clears throat> yeah, so that's it. So, so I'll, 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 be at, I'll be at both. You'll be at Pompey. We'll um, obviously have a full, full discussion on, on Wednesday about how everything's gone. But until then, have an ale and up the veil. So it's full time from the pod and we've just lost again. And now it's time for a treat. What are you looking for, Bez? Well, I'm looking to who's cost us today. Was it the ref? Was it the players? But whoever it was, cheer yourselves up. Get yourselves to McDonald's. Get yourself a Big Mac tonight and enjoy it through the app. Johnny? Yeah, there we go. So, order make delivery on, on the app. It's at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com for more details. And don't forget, have an ale and up the veil. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.